Amen. Well, we've been in a series uh, for a few weeks called Endued with Power. We're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We've talked a little bit, but really, I've been setting the stage for that. And we'll get into the individual gifts of the Spirit uh, and spend some time there and show examples of these things. But let's look at Luke 24, verse 44. So if you weren't with us, you have to go back and listen to the messages because we're not going to cover all, all those things again. But we, we kind of set the platform and, and talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit because being filled with the Spirit in this age that we live in is the gateway to the supernatural, is the gateway to these gifts operating, is the gateway to power operating in our lives. And so we covered that. And... Um, and then we just got into just uh, some things last week that we're going to continue tonight. Luke 24, verse 44, says, Then he said to them, Jesus, is after, uh, after he rose from the dead, said, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Verse 49 Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And so we covered uh, that, that Jesus was talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so he said, Wait. That's what tarry means. We don't use tarry now. But wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. He, you know, he, he is going to send here. They're born again. They believed on him, and he, he told them, you go and wait. Wait for what was the day of Pentecost, which was many weeks after uh, Jesus was crucified, buried, and, and rose from the dead. So he told them, you wait. And uh, he said to wait for till you're endued with power. So the early church needed something else besides just the knowledge of Jesus and the saving knowledge of Jesus, they needed to be baptized with power, with the Holy Spirit, evidence of speaking in tongues, and we do too. To do what we're to do on this earth, the way we're designed to, the way the church is designed to, we need to be flowing in the supernatural, which uh, we need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and we need to flow with these gifts that flow from being endued with power. John 14, 12, we'll put that up on the screen. John 14, 12 said, Most assuredly I say to you, this is Jesus, He who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And notice what he said there. Verse 12, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, Notice it says, he who believes in me. It didn't say evangelist. It didn't say pastor, teacher, prophet, apostle. It said, he who believes in me. That's a Christian. 
The works that I do, he will do also. Well, right there. That will blow away a lot of church doctrine that's not based on the Bible. This is Jesus speaking. There's nothing in the Bible that undid this. He said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Didn't qualify it other than, this, than to say, the believer will do what Jesus did. That, we could spend the rest of the night right there. That will blow away a lot of religion. Because religion uh, puts Jesus, now Jesus is the Son of God, he is in a class by himself. But we're going we're gonna to touch base, we're going to touch uh, on this. We, we spent a lot of time on that last week, but we're, we're segueing into a little bit further tonight, but we're going to read some scripture to this effect. But Jesus, he is the Son of God. He is in a class by himself. He is the Almighty. But when he walked on the earth, he did not walk and do the things he did because of his great power as God. He did it as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, why did he say this? Because, you know, like a lot of people would, would think, a lot of religion would, would read this like this, I say to you, he who believes in me, you can read about what I did, but you're never going to touch anything because I'm God. But it doesn't say that. It says, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. I mean, just, we can meditate on that. We should meditate on that. We can meditate on it and just sit here for the rest of the night, wrapping our mind around the fact that Jesus told us we could do, believers could do what he did. Well, you just read what he did. We'll get into some of that as we get into the gifts of the Spirit further. Miracles, left and right. And he, he qualified it just saying believers would do this. He said, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now, we're not going to get into that a lot, but you can't really improve on what Jesus did qualitatively, but you can quantitatively. Now, it's not just one person. It is the body of Christ all over the world and miracles all over the world. So greater works, greater magnitude, quantity can happen. I mean, Jesus saw people raised from the dead. There's not a whole lot you can do. More, he, he calmed storms, turned water into wine. I mean, you'd have a hard time figuring out something that you could do that actually surpassed the ministry of Jesus. But when we're all doing it, all around the world, that's, that's a, a, something even greater. Verse 13, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. See, we're doing what we do in His name, and we spent a whole series on this last year. But in His name, uh, praying in the name of Jesus, doing something in the name of Jesus, is not a tagline to our prayers. It's not just a phrase. It's not a catchphrase. What that means is that we are doing something in His authority, in His stead. We're doing it because He sent us, and it's as if He were here. We're doing what He would do if He were in a situation. That's what that means. Now let's look at a few of these scriptures. I'm just going to review a little bit so we segue into what we're doing tonight. But we're going to look over some of these scriptures quickly. Spent more time on them last week, uh, so you can go back and listen to that. But um, we'll go through these. Philippians 2, verse 5. In the New King James, we looked at this in a number of different translations, but just for the sake of time, we'll look at it in just two tonight. It says, Let this mind be uh, in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, 
did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And we saw in different translations, it gives the idea that he emptied himself. In other words, he put aside the power of God, and he walked as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. We looked at that more in depth. We're going to look at a few scriptures, but we looked at that more in depth last week. In the, the Living Bible, which is a paraphrase, but it, it bring, we looked at a number of other translations last week, but this brings out the concept. It says, but he laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like men. See, he, he laid aside his mighty power and glory. So Jesus was not doing the things he did because he was God. He did it because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 10, verse 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. In the New King James, it says the anointing oil. We looked at this again last week. In the, the King James, it says just the anointing. In another place, it says because of the heavy anointing. Anointing uh, has several uh, pieces to it, but it's talking about um, the, the, the weight and the, the power breaking a, a, a yoke. A yoke is anything that would bind. And so the yoke or the, the chains or uh, the confines that the enemy would want to put on us, they're destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing is the power of God coming upon and working in a certain way. When somebody says somebody's anointed to lead worship or anointed to teach, it means the Holy Spirit is coming upon them, working with them to do that. And so in this case, we're talking about the anointing, the power of God coming on to set free. Acts 10.37, again, I'm going through these kind of quick, uh, just jot them down, we'll put them on the screen, but um, we, we covered these more slowly last week. Acts 10.37 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Or verse 38, actually, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So look at the way this is structured. How God, and this is, this is Peter uh, preaching, and he's talking about Jesus and how it started in one place, and he says, and then he's in the middle of a sentence, how God, that it would be broadcast, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. See, you can see there, he laid aside his power. As God, he had to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. Now, this is important. We're going somewhere. We need to understand how Jesus was doing this because then we see how the early church was doing it and then how we are able to walk in the same thing. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So you see, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and so then he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. See, the, Satan is oppressing. The Spirit of God is on Jesus to break the yoke, to break that oppression, to set men and women free. Do you see that from this verse? And from what we've read, for God was with him. See, if it's just Jesus as God, why even say that? For God was with him. Well, he is God. 
See, it's important because God had to be with him. The Holy Spirit had to be with him because he's not walking as God. He's walking in our stead as an example. He's walking anointed by the power of God. So that he could go about and free men. Luke 4, verse 16, Jesus himself says this. Luke 4, 16 so he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed upon him, or on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So, all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? So Jesus said, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And in this scripture, verse 18 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then it goes on to say, to do all these things. See, the spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus it says to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed. You see how that's the same thing? It says in Acts that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit and power, to, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The anointing came upon Jesus so that he could do these things. That's how he did them. That's how he walked with them, walked in them. So we read a number of scriptures to this effect. Let's just read one. John 3, verse 1. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Notice the, the signs spoke. In Jesus' ministry, we read a number of scriptures. We're not going to go back and review those tonight. But there was a number of places where Jesus said, Believe me, or just for the sake of what I'm teaching, or believe me because of the signs you're seeing. See, the signs are supposed to give credibility to the Word. The Word is supposed to be followed by signs. Uh, let's read Acts 2, verse 14. We'll see this, uh, a prophecy of Joel. It says the same thing here. Acts 2, verse 14. We're going to be in Acts uh, quite a bit, so if you want to turn there, it won't be wasted time. Acts 2, verse 14. It says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk. So that, this is on the day of Pentecost. These people are baptized with the Holy, in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. 
Peter is responding to that, says verse, in verse 15, For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In other words, this that you're seeing is part of what Joel spoke about. A prophet, what was prophesied, and it's being poured out before your eyes. That's what he's saying. Verse 17, And it shall come to pass, he's quoting Joel now, In the last day, says God, that I will pour, pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my, my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. These are the days we're living in. It started there and it's continued. We live in these days, and we're in the last days. There's not another time that we need to see this. This isn't, we we'll look back to the beginning of the 1900s and the 1950s or, or any other revival. There has been prophesied a last day revival that is all of the previous revivals rolled into one. Everything just amped up. And uh, we don't know everything that's going to happen, but if you just look around, we, and it's bearing witness. Uh, just you hear it from a number of places, and we are in a different time. We're stepping into something different. And and we need to understand that it's not time to throw away God's methods. It's time to press into what He has always done. God has not changed the way uh, He intended for the church to get the word out and the church to operate. It hasn't changed. What we're talking about right now is the way it's supposed to go. We read, Jesus said, he who believes on me, he would do the works I do. That's for now. That's for 2020. It's always been, but it's for now, just like any other time. We don't have to wait. We just have to cooperate with God. That's one of the reasons we're on this series. I mean, we're on the series because we believe God led us. But one of the things that's going to come from it is that we are... It says in 1 Corinthians 12, not to be ignorant of the gifts of the Spirit. Because we want to understand what's available so as God leads us, we can flow with this and see what He intends for us to see. So that the Word can be spread. And people can come to the Lord and we can get out of here. The world, I mean. Because once once it's done, once everybody who's going to receive God in this time receives them, we'll be out of here. And then you don't want to be on the earth. Verse 18, on my, And on my men servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 22, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested, so he's talking to these men, and he says, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. Notice the way that's phrased. It doesn't say Jesus. I mean, this is Peter talking about Jesus. He knows that that Jesus is God. But notice how he said this. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, a man. See, he's a man, but he's anointed by the Spirit, and he is God. He just laid aside the power and walked as a man. He showed the example, showed the way for you and I to walk. 
And we're going to see that in the way the early church then followed after him. A man attested by God. See, it's a man attested by God. How? To you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. So this is important that we understand this. Because if we think that it's just Jesus doing it because he's Jesus, then there's no hope for us. Why, why would we even be talking about it? Let's just talk about what he did and say, isn't that nice? But no, we, God has told us we are to walk in these same things. And so, Peter is saying here and showing that it was God doing these things through him. He said, as you yourselves know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, having taken by lawless hands, have crucified to put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. So Jesus was a man anointed with the Holy Spirit by God, and power flowed through him. God did these things through him to give confirmation to his ministry and what he was saying, to the words he was saying and who he was. Uh, let's look at Mark 16. Uh, you don't have to turn over there. You're in Acts. Stay in Acts. But let's just put it up on the screen. Mark 16, verse 19. It says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. So this is after Jesus ascended. Now notice in verse 20, it says, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So now that we've talked about Jesus, now we're stepping into the apostles, the disciples. Now they went out and preached, and the Lord working... See, we're the body of Christ. And we're walking on this earth in Jesus' name, in His authority. And now it says the Lord was working through the apostles, confirming. See, it says He was working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So they're preaching now about Him. That He's the Christ, that He's the Son of God, and the Lord is working through them, saying, this is right. And that's how we're supposed to operate. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures now, we're, set, we're talking about in generalities here, and then we'll get into specifics uh, in the future as far as the gifts of the Spirit. But when you see all these signs and wonders and miracles, you're talking about the gifts of the Spirit being in operation. And the confirmation that they're telling the truth is through the accompanying signs. People can believe the truth. At any point, they can believe the truth without a sign. But God didn't set it up just for that to be the case. He also set it up so that He supernaturally would confirm the Word. And in this day and age, now, there's no, it doesn't even make sense to say that these things would have passed away. So what you would be saying then is 300 years ago, when the world was of that complexity, we need, you know, or you want to go back 2,000 years ago, if people say this, this all died away a long time ago with the apostles. Well, if you want to say that all died away and is not needed anymore, 
I believe we need it more than ever. In this day and age, people have gone past what they think, they, the need for faith, and they think, a lot of people will think, and you can see it, it's, it's, I'm not, this is no exaggeration, you just see it and just look in the things you read and the things you see and the things that, if you look anywhere on the internet, people, there's a lot of individuals that have this notion that people who believe something supernatural are just uneducated. They're backwards. They don't understand. But they believe a fairy tale. And there's a lot of different fairy tales, but they have different names. In other words, there's a lot, these faith are all just, they're just stories. Now, everybody just believes a variant on those stories, but they're all wrong. And if you're really educated and you're really in the know, then you know that that's ignorance and you know that there's something beyond that. I mean, do I exaggerate or is that very prevalent? So then in that atmosphere, we need more than ever the supernatural to give a bearing of witness to say this is actually true. You can talk doctrine and you can argue and you can go around in circles of philosophies and call names or whatever, but when the supernatural power of God is there, that's a different thing. You can't, you can't make that up. Now, people can still disbelieve. They didn't believe Jesus and they didn't believe the disciples and there was plenty. People in the presence, not farther than you are from me, looked at Jesus and they saw signs and wanted to kill him. So, just because somebody sees a sign does not mean they're going to believe God. So don't fall into that trap thinking you're, if you could just do something in front. No, people can see the supernatural and still disbelieve and still reject. But there's a whole lot that are going to see it and say, okay, this is true. This is real. It is supposed to be, uh, Raymond T. Ritchie called it the dinner bell. Healing is supposed to be the dinner bell for the gospel. It's supposed to, you know, dinner bell, I don't, never had a dinner bell at my house, but, you know, ringing a dinner bell at the house saying, you know, it wasn't, a, I, we didn't have a dinner bell in my house, but on the cul-de-sac I lived in, my mom would yell out the front door, one of us, you know, Jimmy, you know, from the, with her hands cupped, and we might have been up, up the um, cul-de-sac, or way up the hill, but when we heard that, we knew we better go home, because it's time to come home. And don't act like you didn't hear it. Well, I want to stay out later. Well, that's not the right answer. But what was that? It's time to come home and eat. Getting ready to eat. Well, healing and these signs are supposed to be the sign that says there is something here. There is, uh, you know, there is spiritual food. There is deliverance. This is real. The supernatural. <clears throat> And so, you see here, it says that the word was preached, and the Lord worked with them, confirming the sign. Now we're going to look at a number of verses in Acts, saying uh, some of these same things. Acts 4.28, you can see a prayer. So when the church came under persecution, the church comes together, and they're praying this. Verse uh, 29, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they're praying for this. 
And uh, we see that it continued to happen. Actually going back uh, in, it, it was already happening, but I want to read back in Acts 2.40. Sorry, I should have read this one first. But Acts 2.40 says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized. So Peter is preaching. That's a continuation of his sermon uh, earlier that we are reading in chapter 2. So at the end of it, it says that uh, they, those who received the, his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And then, uh, you know, Peter and John went up to the temple. And uh, this man that had been crippled got up. And then there's a big kerfuffle. And then they uh, ended up uh, in trouble with the religious people. And then we get to Acts tw uh, 4. And then they're, they're praying. The prayer we just read, you know, Lord, stretch out your hand to heal. So Acts 5, verse 12. It says, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So they brought, they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So you see at the beginning of uh, this passage, it said that through the hands of the apostles, verse 12, through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. So this just didn't happen once. This was continuing to happen. The same thing that happened in Jesus' ministry is now continuing. And then you see uh, verse 16, a multitude, well, before that, there was, people were just bringing sick out into the streets just to have Peter's shadow fall on them. That's power. I mean, people are seeking these guys out saying they have something. This is known. People are seeking it out. Now, they have to come in faith. They have to believe uh, you know, for some of these things, but also the Spirit of God, when it's, when it's the Spirit of God moving, He moves as He wills. The, the signs and wonders can happen with nobody. I mean, there are times when people are pulling on faith, and then there's just times where the Spirit of God's doing stuff. You can always receive by faith. You don't have to wait for a gift of the Spirit. But the gifts of the Spirit are an advertisement. Because you're going to have people, they don't know anything. They don't understand everything, yet the Spirit is moving and advertising that what these men are saying is true. And that's what's going on here. It says um, in verse 16, Also a mother, uh, multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. See, do you see how people are coming for the answer? They're coming for something uh, supernatural, for power. Acts 6, verse 1.
Acts 6, verse 1. Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So notice there's um, a logistical problem with distributing food. And so the disciples said, look, we can't take away from what we need to do, what we're called to do, to take care of this. So select seven men that are full of the word, full of the Holy Spirit, and you put them over this. So these weren't the apostles, these people that were uh, selected. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on him. So this is a side thing, but you can see they're laying hands on them, commissioning them into this area of work. Notice, these guys are not one of the twelve. Then the word of God spread. So you see things got in order, things got the way, uh, the setup that, that needed to be, so where the apostles could, could uh, study, and, or I mean, spend time with the word and prayer. And um, these other guys were taking care of this logistical uh, work. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now notice verse 7, And Stephen, one of the seven that was appointed, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. So he's not even... He's not one of the 12 apostles, yet he's going around and great signs and wonders are being performed. So let's go to Acts 14, verse 1. Acts 14, verse 1 says, Now it happened in Iconium that they, who is Paul and Barnabas, went together to the synagogue of the Jews, and so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and of Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their mind against the brethren. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Now Paul and Barnabas are not one of the twelve. They're not part of the twelve. They came afterwards. Jesus appeared to Paul who was Saul at the road of Damascus. And Barnabas Barnabas became his partner. But they are not some of the twelve original uh, disciples or uh, apostles. And so notice, it says, The Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Notice the same type of language. They're preaching And the Lord, Jesus, is working with them to prove what they're saying. So we're looking at the model. We're looking at the 
the plan of God. Jesus came and gave himself for us, but then we as believers are to go out and do what he would do if he was here, and that's what you're saying, seeing all these men do. Acts 15, verse 11, just a chapter down. It says, But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Verse 12, Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul. So, Barnabas and Paul again. Declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. In Acts 19, verse 11, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. So you see, Paul, who was not with Jesus, he saw Jesus after he was resurrected, he's walking in this and saw, you know, Paul, wrote a good portion of the New Testament, but I'm going to read some other scriptures that then he, those are all in Acts, but then he wrote about these same things in his letters. Romans 15, 17 says, For I dare not to speak of any of these things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and in deed to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about Elycrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 11 says something similar. I have become a fool in boasting. You have compelled me. For I ought to have been commended by you, for in nothing I was behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And then finally in Hebrews, now we don't know who wrote Hebrews for sure, but it's likely it was the Apostle Paul, but it's not definitive, it doesn't matter. But it's probably Paul. Hebrews 2 verse 1, Therefore we must give the most earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the words spoken through angels prove steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, talking about Jesus, and was confirmed to us by those who heard Him? God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to His own will. Right here, it sums up, God's method. God also bearing witness, talking about Jesus, but we've seen it just kept going. God also bearing witness with signs, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. And this is the model that the church is to continue to operate in. When it talks about gifts of the Spirit, that's what we're going to get into. But we need to realize everything we've covered here. That Jesus came as a man, was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, did exactly what it says here. As He spoke of Himself, God was bearing witness with signs and wonders, with various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit, 
according to his own will. We see it progressed into the apostles, other disciples, Paul, Barnabas, Stephen. There's other ones that these same works were done, and it goes all throughout Acts. You see Paul writing about it. You see the writer of Hebrews writing about it. And there's nothing in the Word to say that it ever ended. And so the gifts of the Spirit, by His will, uh, let's just look at, let's see, do you have, um, I don't think I have that, but I just, I'm going to just read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, just as we close here. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, we've read this in the past, and this is where we're going to get what we're going to get into coming up. First uh, Corinthians 12, verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So these gifts that were operating, Paul is writing here saying, I don't want you to, to be unaware. I don't want you to be in the dark about these things. Well, you can see why. That's how the gospel was spread. Part of how it was, it was spread by speaking the truth, but, but the power of God bearing witness to this. And then it says in verse 2, You know that you were, you were dumb Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I made known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another their interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. The signs, wonders, and miracles that you see spoken of are these things. And it's, as it says here, it says the Spirit wills. That's what we saw in Hebrews. It's as the Spirit wills, but it's giving credence, it's giving support to the Word that's being spoken. And this is what's continued now. This is what we're to be aware of, to know about, and know that Jesus was anointed, that we're anointed by the Holy Spirit, that Spirit is upon us, that was upon Jesus, and His methods haven't changed. There's nothing in the New Testament that says this has stopped. So we need to understand what He has for us, what these things are, so that when the Spirit of God would want to do something and He would prompt us, that we'll be able to flow through Him and be a vessel He can flow through. And we saw, Jesus said, those who believe in Me will do the works I did. So it's for every one of us. Certain people have, uh, are anointed particularly in certain ministries and have uh, more of an occurrence of these things, but they don't own the gifts and they can't make them happen. But you will see certain people that flow in them more frequently, but any believer in the body of Christ can be used. You can't make it up, but you can be available. And if we are understanding that these things are available, if you don't know, if you're ignorant, you're walking around, God could want to do something, but we're totally close to it. We're not aware. We're not thinking He could use us. We have to know they exist, and we have to know He could use us. We're all candidates. 
at any point, God could use any of us in any of these gifts. Gifts of healings, working of miracles, gift of faith, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of the tongues, any, we have to be available. But if we're like, well, I don't know about it, or if we're like, no, he couldn't use me, or I'm just not interested, he, he, even though he wants to do something, even though the power of God could be hovering over somebody in a situation, he won't be able to flow. Do you see that? He, he, he wants to do much more than he's doing in the earth. And we're going to see an increase, I believe, globally. But we're going to be ready. We're going to know. We don't have to wait for something. We're, going, we're coming up in our understanding so we can flow through. He just needs a vessel he can flow through. Amen? Amen? Praise God.